Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated March 19th, 2021. I'm Phil Adler, and I'm speaking with Confluence Investment Management staff economist Thomas Wash. And today we look at the recent rise in the 10-year Treasury note yield and discuss whether fears of future inflation are in fact justified. Thomas, anyone who pays attention to stocks is very aware of of the recent rise in the 10-year Treasury note yield. The stock market appears to be fixated on this right now. Is the rising yield a direct consequence of the COVID relief bill and fears about the federal deficit? Or are there other factors that we should be aware of? Well, most of the commentary that I have read suggests that investors are primarily concerned with the prospect of rising inflation due to the widening deficit. Other factors that might be causing this sell-off in treasuries could be due to investors searching for yields, because we have also noticed that there has been an increase in demand for junk bonds. How about the rise in oil prices? Isn't that an inflation trigger? Energy prices represent about 10% of the consumer price index, which is how we measure inflation. Therefore, a big upward swing in prices can have a major impact on the index. And that is what we saw in the 70s, 80s, and aught years. But a modest rise typically doesn't have much of an impact on inflation. There's no question that the federal deficit is growing quickly. Give us some historical perspective. Does a quickly rising deficit always trigger inflation? The correlation between inflation and fiscal deficit is relatively weak. I think the primary concern for investors is that deficit spending could force the economy to grow above its natural pace, therefore leading to an overheating economy. Now, when the economy overheats, there are concerns that that may lead to inflation, at least demand-side inflation. As you mentioned in your written report, the last time inflation was a significant problem in the United States was quite a while ago, back in the 1970s and 1980s. And since then, inflation has been practically non-existent in spite of consistent U.S. budget deficits. Why? The conditions that have allowed inflation to flourish no longer exist. Deregulation, globalization, and lower taxes have made it difficult for prices to rise. Deregulation cuts costs for firms. Globalization makes it harder for firms to push prices on their consumers, as well as reduce their labor costs. And lastly, lower taxes incentivizes firms to prioritize profits, which also forces them to control costs. And lastly, lower taxes incentivizes firms to become more efficient by cutting costs to boost their profits. Well, you you mentioned one of the key trends holding inflation in check is in fact, globalization. However, the current trend does seem to be away from globalization. For instance, both the United States and China are signaling that they want more control over more phases of semiconductor production. Maybe we'll even start making more of our apparel in America. Do do you think any current trend away from globalization is strong enough to cause inflation to rise? Unless Decoupling drastically disrupts supply chains. I don't see inflation becoming a major issue, especially in the immediate and short term. The decoupling between the U.S. and China will likely take years or even decades to complete. Thus, firms will have the appropriate time to make the necessary adjustments. Additionally, advances in manufacturing technology will likely soften the blow of any onboarding caused by this decoupling. Therefore, I kind of expect inflation to rise not too far above 
the 2% that we've been getting over the past 20 years, even with this decoupling between the U.S. and China. How about deregulation? That's another factor you mentioned. Do you think we might be starting to move toward the other end of the pendulum, toward more regulation? This is definitely a possibility, especially with the growing concerns over climate change. We think that this will eventually become a problem in the long run, as it is very difficult for firms to avoid regulation. But for now, we think any regulation will be limited as the economy is still recovering. Therefore, we don't think this administration will like to hamper any of the growth of firms that will deter any type of hiring in the future. You mentioned that in the past 20 years, the primary drivers of U.S. consumer price inflation have been health care and shelter. Do you see this continuing while um, other measures of inflation remain basically in check? Well, these two things are kind of the exception with a reason. When people go to the hospital, no one ever asks for a menu. So people really don't know what they're paying for until they get the bill. The lack of transparency within the healthcare industry is, is what allows them to raise prices. However, shelter is a bit different. Rent and home prices are able to rise due to regulations that restrict construction. For example, in, in my, my childhood home in Washington, D.C., when I was growing up, cost us about $200,000 in the year 2000. But because you can't really destroy and build smaller, more efficient homes in that area, that same home is worth about $2.1 million today. Nice. <laughs> Turning to uh, the stimulus check payments, statistics show that a pretty good percentage of the prior payments have gone into savings, which is anti-inflationary in terms of prices for consumer goods and services, but pretty strong fuel for stock prices. How might an end to the pandemic impact this trend? If people will spend more on goods and travel and restaurants and experiences and a lesser percentage on stocks, won't stock prices run into headwinds? Not necessarily. Like, keep in mind, consumer spending generally leads to higher revenue for firms, which makes them more profitable. Therefore, industries that were negative during the pandemic could see a boost in equity value. I mean, we've seen this happen in energy stocks, so I won't be surprised if we see it within the hospitality and leisure sector as well. Well, let's get back to the 10-year Treasury yield as we begin to sum up. Do you think the current fears about inflation that have driven the yield higher might subside now that the COVID bill has been signed into law and the markets adjust? Generally speaking, bondholders just have this this upward bias when it comes to yields. Thus, I suspect that rates will eventually subside in the next coming months. I don't expect it to rise much further above 2%. Let's end with some perspective, a mention of consensus forecasts versus reality. And we see a lot of forecasts now for inflation to rise, perhaps uncontrollably. In the past, how often are consensus forecasts about inflation simply wrong? Predicting inflation is just very difficult as, as no one can really take into account the many unknowns that can happen throughout the year, such as a natural disaster, war, recession. That said, forecasters on average are about 0.3% away from the actual level of inflation, but that variation is wide, so it's not anything that we can rely on. You've made a case that fears about inflation and rising Treasury yields may be overblown. Do you have a prediction on where Treasury yields might top out and where stocks might be headed in the near term? Well, like I mentioned before, we don't expect yields to rise above 2%. As for stocks outside of technology, we expect 
other areas and other sections to improve steadily throughout the year. Thank you, Thomas. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Anthony.